Good morning and welcome to today's episode of Running the Race, where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith. Thank you for taking the time to spend with us this morning. And as each week, I am Michael and I am your host. Now, on today's show, we're having a conversation with Kim Boyce. Kim currently serves as the area director for East Volusia and Flagler Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And Kim has served for 41 years inside of FCA, 15 years as a volunteer and the past 26 years now on staff. And so Kim is actually going to be retiring at the end of May. So we're going to little conversation with her this morning, take a little reflective look back over uh, 41 years in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. But before we talk with Kim, I want to share a message of hope with you from Psalm 119, beginning in verse 17. And listen to what David writes. He says, deal generously with your servant so that I might live, and then I will keep your word. Open my eyes so that I might contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. I'm a resident alien on earth and do not hide your commands from me. And so the psalmist is making a prayer here, and his prayer in this section illustrates that only by God's grace can we live as faithful servants of God. If we're to give God service, it must be because he gives us grace. And so the more that a person prizes the holiness of God and the more earnestly he strives after Christ, then the more he will be driven toward God for help to achieve in his life. So in order for us to live in faithful obedience to God and his word, we need God's grace. Now, grace is God at work in our lives. We receive his grace through our surrender, our obedience to his word, our willingness to do what God says when he says it and how he says it. And so revival in our lives, spiritual renewal is a fresh beginning of obedience to God. And so the entire living of the Christian life can be seen to result from God's continual bestowal of this grace in our lives. And so grace is synonymous with the gospel because it's God's unmerited salvation to us, right? So from a human perspective, the divine grace is the power which undergirds the present life by giving us eternal life. So our calling, our witness, our works as Christians are all based on the power of God's grace in our lives. See, God's grace is active, not passive. Grace is not pity or goodwill. God's grace is a supernatural enablement of our lives to respond to him and to his word. And so grace always leads us to a deeper walk with Christ. So let let me make an observation here of what we hear out of the psalmist's prayer in Psalm 119, verses 17 through 19. God's grace is the source of our strength. God's grace is the source of our strength. It speaks of provision, right? We would say, but for the grace of God, there go I. The psalmist, he prayed, deal bountifully, right? It's a prayer. He's saying, please help me. The psalmist is well aware of his inability to live in faithful obedience to God in his own strength. So he surrenders to God. You see, if we ever feel that we can ignore our daily time with God in the scriptures, then this is the scripture that we need to read. We need the word. We need scripture because we are God's servants. And so our master gives us directions for the work that he wants us to do. And when we forget our role as a servant, to God, we forget our role as a servant to others. And so David says, deal bountifully with me. Please help me, he cries out, right? So God himself must reveal his truth to us. The veil is not on the Bible, but on our hearts. So we need God to illuminate our eyes to be able to see. This is why you hear the Bible taught and preached and you find yourself intrigued, maybe even convicted. It's as if someone is speaking singularly and directly to you. I can say as a pastor over the years, I've had people come up to me after the service and say to me, hey, you were speaking right to me this morning. You were reading my mail. And all I could think of is, I don't know what's going on in your life. All I know is that God speaks directly and clearly 
through his word. And so what's happening is God is opening your eyes for you to see his glory and to see his grace in your life. And so God deals with us according to his word. Spiritual things must be spiritually discerned, and every issue is a spiritual issue. So apart from a divine illumination by God, we will not understand the world in which we are living. And let's just be honest. Life has gotten really hard, and the world has gotten really crazy. And so sometimes we go, I just don't understand what's going on. I, I, just, I just don't understand. Well, from, from a biblical standpoint, God gives us the grace through his truth to have an understanding of what he is doing in our lives and in the world around us. You see, apart from God's illumination, our questions will always be why. And we will always evaluate things on our understanding of fairness rather than on his standard of holiness. And so the Holy Spirit of God brings understanding to the scriptures, allowing us to see the wondrous things, as David wrote, convincing us of our need of God's grace and enabling us to understand matters that are beyond our ability. You see, I really think that our eyes have an appetite. Our eyes have an appetite, and we must be careful where we focus them. The eyes that feast on the vanities of this world will never see the wonders of God's Word. And so spiritual disciplines, reading the Bible, prayer, worshiping, spending time with other Christians in fellowship, these spiritual disciplines connect us to the power of the gospel. So we must decide that we are going to feed the Spirit and starve the flesh. We must decide to read the Bible today, and then tomorrow your spirit will be stronger. The psalmist did not say, Lord, make a plainer law. He rather prayed, Lord, open my eyes. When I was a young child, I had an accident. I uh, climbed up off on a wood pile and jumped off, thought that I could fly. I learned the law of gravity. I was immediately dropped to the ground, and I hit my head and split my head open on that wood pile. And so my parents rushed me to the emergency room, and they put stitches in. And I'll never forget, I could hear all that was going on around me, but I couldn't see anything. It was just darkness. And I, I remember crying out, I, I'm blind, I'm blind. And then I, I can even hear it now. I remember as a child, the nurse leaned down and spoke to me and she said, open your eyes, little boy. In, 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 a, in a very similar way, that's what's happened in our lives. We feel like there's a darkness all around us and we're going, I can't see, I don't understand. And God is whispering to us through his grace in the scriptures, open your eyes to me through the truth here in the scriptures. You see, if we desire comfort in the scriptures, we must submit ourselves to their counsel because grace is appropriated by our faith. Let me pray for us. God in heaven, thank you for your truth. Thank you, Father, for the scriptures. And God, help us to seek you, help us to hear you, help us to trust you and follow hard after you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're listening to Running the Race, where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith. I'm excited and honored to have as our conversation guest today, Kim Boyce. Kim currently serves as the Area Director for East Volusia Flagler Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so, Kim, thank you for joining us in the conversation about faith and sports this morning. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, listen, uh, let's uh, give a little context to our, our listeners now. This morning, we're really having a conversation, and we're going to cover 41 years in the next uh, 15 to 20 minutes. You think we can do it? I'm sure we can. Sure, we can do it. Absolutely. So, Kim, uh, you have spent 41 years uh, in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes organization, 15 years as a volunteer and the past 26 years as a, um, well, as a staff member, as a team member in a variety of roles. So let me ask this. How did you get connected with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? I got connected back in March of 1980. Coach uh, Freely, Coach Charles Freely at um, Winter Park High School invited my sisters and I to come to a huddle meeting to lead some praise and worship. And I knew Coach Freely because we both taught youth Sunday school at uh, First Baptist Winter Park. 
So he invited me that night. We we went and led some praise and worship, and I just knew that night that God was calling me into the ministry of FCA. So what was it? I mean, you're, you're at a huddle, and for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with, with huddle and our context, or, or at least our language, let me clarify that. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a club on middle school and high school campuses that functions like any other club. It's student-led and it's faculty-sponsored. Of course, in FCA, we put a sports title for everything, so we don't call it a club. We call it a huddle um, and uh, the idea of huddling together and the moving out. So when you show up to, to, to this, what, what is it about this FCA ministry that grabbed your attention that night? Well, just the the atmosphere, the the fellowship that was going on, uh, I had been involved with another group when I was in high school, um, uh, Campus Life, and yeah. I had been ministered to so much through through that ministry that when I was there sitting in the midst of those students, and we were meeting in a home, there were about 30 students from the high school there, meeting in a home and sharing prayer requests. They had a guest speaker and just the camaraderie, the, the fellowship, it was it's what drew me in yeah that's one thing we say about fca kim is that our, our students are looking for a place to belong you know above anything else they're looking for a place where they can connect and where they can feel a sense of community and hey i fit in here uh and fca on a school campus provides that context right for students to find a place where uh, they, they can they can just be themselves and where they can connect in relationship with others it, it does because FCA is open to any student who wants to go, whether they're an athlete or a non-athlete, whether yeah. they're a Christian or a non-Christian, seeking, having questions, just want a, a place to go with a group of friends and enjoy their, their lunchtime or after school. Now, you, you step into a volunteer role. Uh, from, from that night, some point forward, you start, uh, start volunteering and then... 15 years later, what what was the impetus or how did you come about coming on staff uh, with FCA? Well, actually, the desire to come on staff started early. In the summer of 81, I went to camp at Black Mountain, North Carolina to the the FCA girls multi-sport camp. And I was a huddle leader, which means I was a, a camp counselor in other terms. And as I was there that week and experiencing that camp, I just knew that the Lord was saying to me I was going to be on staff one day. And so I began to pray and pray for wisdom and God's will about that. And I thought it'd be two or three years down the road, but it turned out to be 14 years down the road from that <laughs> point. And I, I questioned God and I, and I prayed and I cried and I wrestled with him and the door just would not open until uh, March of 1995. Yeah. And uh, another staff person came to me and said, we're going to be hiring. We're looking to hire another staff person. So you need to get an application in. <laughs> that was pretty clear, pretty clear statement there. Well, she and I, that was Cindy Neely. And she and I yeah. had been prayer partners together because Cindy came on staff with FCA in 1981. And we were prayer partners together. And so we had been praying together about that desire. And she was the acting area director for Central Florida at the time. And so she knew and she said, get your application in. There you go. Now we talk about 41 years, 15 as a volunteer, 26 on staff. And for our listeners, uh, Kim is, is retiring uh, from staff level involvement uh, with FCA at the end of May. And so Kim, let me ask this, in, in 41 years in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, how would you say the ministry has changed the most from your perspective? You know, if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be growth. 
because okay. there's been growth in every area of FCA. When I got involved as a volunteer, I think there were only two, three hundred staff scattered across the United States. And since then, uh, today, we're well over 2,000 staff. So staff has grown. The number of huddles have grown across the country in middle schools, high schools, and college campuses. Uh, the college ministry has, has grown greatly. The, the number of coaches involved, the number of camps are now, uh, well, prior to COVID, we had over 800 camps, not only in the United States, but across the world. And, and that's another big change, the international. One of our distinctives used to be that we we're U.S. bordered. And about 15, well, probably 12 or 15 years ago, we began international ministry. And now international ministry has just grown tremendously to where we're ministering in over 100 countries. Now, you talk about growth, so let me ask you this. You, you've been uh, here in East Volusia. You were actually the, the first FCA staff member to live uh, in, uh, to live in Volusia County and to right. minister out of this area. Obviously, Central Florida kind of covered from, from East Coast to West Coast and this kind of thing, but you were the first in 2013 to, to move here and to reside in, in Volusia County. So you, you used the word growth, and that's the question I want to ask you about. T tell us about the growth. What, what was FCA in, in Volusia County or East Volusia when you got here in 2013, and how have you seen it grow uh, in, in these last eight years now? Also in a lot of ways. Now, FCA has been in Volusia County since probably the mid-'70s or so. Yeah. And I actually, the first 10 years I was on staff, did drive over. I lived in Altamont Springs, drove over and, and served the schools here in Volusia County. But uh, there was no leadership board, and, and there were only a couple of donors, financial donors, to the ministry, and just part-time staff coming in and out of the county. So since 2013, the growth that has happened is in staff. Uh, Michael, with you being on staff, and Lindsay Edwards and Denise Lucas was for a while, and uh, we so we've seen growth in staff. We've seen growth in the ministry uh, to coaches, coaches Bible studies. The, the team camp ministry has grown. We now have a leadership board in East Volusia and in Flagler County, so the area has grown. We didn't used to have Flagler County as a part of our footprint, and so the leadership board and the number of donors, and we've had golf golf tournaments. We've had six celebration dinners that we call night of champions yeah. and and now hundreds of people have either come to those dinners or played in the golf tournament and also been financial supporters and prayer partners yeah and that was really kind of the context of of mine and your conversation in the the spring of 2017 you said hey fca is growing here in in volusia county would you be open to coming down and helping us a little bit and uh, I didn't understand all that that meant at the time, but we've, we've been here four years now, and we have uh, been able to see a good bit of growth. Now, we talk about camps. FCA started as a camp-based ministry. I mean, we really didn't start right. on-campus ministries until the, the 70, 1970s uh, for the most part. And so for a while, really just a camp-driven ministry. And so camp obviously was a huge part for you. It was, as you mentioned, at Girls Black Mountain uh, Camp that, uh, that God really captured your heart uh, be beyond that to, to come on staff. And so camp is such an integral part. Here we are, end of the school year, walking into the camp season. Why are FCA camps so important? Where, how do they fit into that ministry strategy of FCA? Probably the most important thing with FCA camps, that's where we see the most life change. Now, we see mm -hmm. it through the school year 
as we have opportunity to minister to coaches and athletes, we do see them respond to the gospel and respond to growing in their relationship with Christ. Camp seems to magnify that. And that's the, the great opportunity with camp. You get away from your, your normal routine. You're away from distractions that you have every day. And you're focusing on, uh, your, on sports to some degree, but also there, there's praise and worship. There's, there are speakers that, that share the gospel and challenging messages of how to grow as a believer. And camp also, if it's a team, because we have team camps that coaches and their teams come to, it really brings unity to those teams. We see teams that, that are just grow together tremendously the team unity that and and as that life change happens as you experience all that together as a team then the whole culture of the team sometimes changes we've seen teams that go to team camp that they'll go their season the, the season that follows 10 and 0 and they say well we attribute it to what happened at team yeah. camp and then we see teams that go 0 and 10 and they say well the reason we stuck together as a team all the way through the season was because of FCA camp. Yeah. Yeah, there really is something about getting away uh, from the distractions of everything, be, being away as a team. And then, of course, uh, at, at an FCA team camp, there's, there's, they're, they compete in their sport, right? We have right. Uh, college and above clinicians that are there giving instruction. Uh, obviously, the, the officials that we bring in to make everything as high-level competition for these teams as possible. But then they have dedicated time in the evenings and at night where the coaches and the teams are together, uh, where, where they can have a little bit of team building time. We have mm -hmm. a ch uh, chapel message worship service uh, every night where the gospel is proclaimed. And so it really is a unique environment where you have all of these excellent you know, elements, right? The gospel and devotion and solitude and team building. So it really does come about. Uh, let me ask this, Kim. You look back and you think back over it. What are some of your favorite camp memories? Favorite camp memories, it's got to be seeing middle school and high school college students and even coaches kneeling at the altar, mm. coming down the aisle because they want to make a commitment for Christ. And and uh, this, as I thought about this earlier, um, yeah, it just I just brings tears to my eyes because um, just seeing people move forward and and kneel and they're they're praying and and just that and. Another kind of the same thing, um, I was at a football team camp, and they invited the, the boys to gather around their coaches and pray for their coaches. Yeah. And that was just, it was so incredible to look around that room and see circle after circle knowing that that was athletes gathered praying for their coaches. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible. So when I think about camps, I'll never forget you inviting me. Uh, so just full disclosure for our listeners, Kim and I have known each other for uh, about 12 years now. Um, and so Kim has been my boss, so to speak, for the past four years. And in a previous iteration, I was her pastor right. uh, <laughs> in the metro Atlanta area for, for uh, just well till you moved back to Florida here. And uh, you invited me to come and to be the camp pastor for Girls Black Mountain Multisport Camp. So here I was, you know, a 30-something-year-old uh, man, pastor, going to speak to 160-plus uh, middle school and high school girls every mm -hmm. day for a week. And my, my wife, she said to me, she said, what are you going to say to a group of teenage girls for a week? And I thought to myself, and I said, well, I think what I'll do is just tell them um, 
you're a sinner. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Now watch this clip from Mean Girls. And so (laughs) that's what we did. But it was absolutely an incredible, incredible experience. I mean, I I met Denise, uh, well, Denise Lucas, Denise Burnath at the time. I met Denise Lucas uh, at at that camp amongst others. And uh, just those relationships and, and opportunities. And I would say to our listeners, if you've never been to Black Mountain, North Carolina, we're talking about just east of Asheville, uh, there's a YMCA camp uh, space on the side of a mountain that has the absolute most beautiful views. And so if you're ever wandering through western North Carolina, mm-hmm. you got to make a pit stop in at Black Mountain and just catch the views, right? Absolutely. And that camp, the, the first year that I went, 1981, I realized that the fellowship, the spirit, the love that was there, it, it's its the type of fellowship we're going to have in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I started calling that camp One Step Below Heaven. And as I promoted <laughs> that camp through the years, that's what I've told everybody. Uh, just like you said, the view itself, uh, but just the atmosphere. There's something special there. The Spirit of God is there. Yeah. Well, then you've got a, a Black Mountain camp reunion coming up in uh, in just a couple of weeks right there is uh, some of the guys actually who've been involved with the coaches camp and the boys camp over the years have planned this reunion and so it's coming up the last week of may and it involves men and women who 50 plus years of camp at at black mountain at this site uh, ymca blue ridge assembly is the is the camp site that we use and so it's going to be some from the very i think the first camp i guess that would make it like the 60s at the the first camps were there for the boys Mm. and the coaches the girls came along a little bit later uh, but it's going to be an awesome time so you talk about growth that's the 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 word that you mentioned when you think about fca as a whole but then we talk about growth here in in east Volusia and flagler counties so let me ask you this let's let's kind of talk about projected future growth all mm-hmm. right so as 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 one who's led and served to this point there's there's still dreams and ideas and aspirations in your heart that you believe and know that fca can be what do you see the the future growth opportunities uh for fca here in this area i think they're practically unlimited it's uh, you know there's opportunities right now for staff where we are in need of an administrative assistant of an area director to take my place and for area representatives to work in the middle schools and high schools and then also collegiate representatives to serve at our um, at the colleges here in Daytona. So there's many opportunities with staff but also with volunteers. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, leadership board. We have a leadership board for Flagler and we have one for East Volusia and so we are looking for men and women who have a heart for the Lord and Uh, would have a heart for the ministry of fca to serve there also volunteers to serve as character coaches and be a part of the prayer team there are just so many volunteer opportunities that are available too and and so it's you know there's just so much that can happen in this county there's so many areas and opportunities to minister yeah, when you think about impacting a community and doing it right here in, in your backyard, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is uniquely positioned in the public schools to make such a huge impact through coaches and athletes. And, of course, our strategy is to and through the coach, right? We want to mm-hmm. engage, equip, and empower coaches to, to live for Christ and to leverage the influence that they have. And so FCA, you know, in, in business terms, they talk about the ROI, the return on investment, of whether that's financial investment or time investment. Uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is uniquely positioned 
to leverage that return in in ways that I, I think most people just don't quite realize yet. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. It's there's the opportunity to minister uh, at any age level and to have an impact that's an eternal impact. Yeah, so there's all kind of opportunities to walk along that. Uh, for those of you that uh, say, hey, you know, I'd like to know more about what it would look like to volunteer with FCA, uh, or maybe you're, you're listening and you're, you know what, I, God has placed me in a unique position and you have a heart of generosity and uh, you'd like to help leverage uh, to, to fund those staff positions or to, to fund some of those camp needs and some of the other ministry opportunities through FCA. If you go online to volusiaflaglerfca.org, that's volusiaflaglerfca.org, click on the contact button and send me, Michael Stovall, an email and just say, Michael, I'd like to talk about how I could get connected with FCA. I would love to sit down with you and uh, share more, answer your questions, and just show you how to, how to come alongside and be a part of that ministry. So, Kim, let me ask this. If you take 41 years of ministry with FCA and you boil it all down and you could put everybody that you want to talk to in one room, what's the one piece of advice, what's the one word of encouragement that you would give to new FCA staff or to new FCA volunteers? The most important thing is your personal relationship with Jesus. And so the the number one thing is to every day be spending time in that relationship, in the Word, in reading the scriptures and praying, developing your relationship further with um, with our Heavenly Father, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so challenging to a certain degree because the opportunities, listen, if you can think it up and dream it up, you can do it inside of FCA. I mean, there really is a lot of opportunity to take the the clear mission and vision and strategy that FCA has and then bring you know, creativity and, and your own ideas to it. So, but if you're not careful, all of that can, you know, that busyness for Jesus can, can sometimes replace the intimacy of that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I would echo, yeah, the, the single most important thing is, is that personal relationship with the Lord. Now, Kim, before I let you get going this morning, uh, I'm, we're going to put you through, we call it the lightning round, right? And so we, we want to get into the mind of Kim Boyce. And uh, we'll go from there. Hey, does anybody ever say, I don't know, our listeners may know this. Uh, there was a, a Christian music artist, right, by the name of Kim Boyce? Yes. S- same, same person? No, not the same person. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that because we may have a listener going, you know what, I used to listen to Kim Boyce, uh, this kind of thing. Although you're musical and sing, but that's not the same person, right? That's correct, yeah. A lot of, there's actually a lot of similarities, but it's two different people. One of you may be the other's doppelganger, but you're not the same person. Okay, all right, so here we go. Real easy. First one, uh, underhanded toss. Early morning or night owl? Early morning. Your favorite cartoon character? Scooby-Doo. Cake or pie? Cake. Would you rather handle a snake or wrestle an alligator? Handle a snake. What's one place you've always wanted to visit? The Creation Museum and Noah's Ark. Your favorite number? 18. Would you rather read a book or watch a movie? Watch a movie. And is it pronounced pecans or pecans? Pecans. Thank you. There's only one right answer to that, and it is pecans. Absolutely. So, Kim, thank you so very much for taking the time to join us this morning. Thank you for your friendship to me and to my family. Thank you for your faithfulness and your walk with the Lord and your faithfulness in the ministry of FCA. And uh, I'm excited to see this transition, right? It's uh, a transition to an encore, right, to what whatever the Lord has next. And so thank you so very much. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been a, a privilege to serve 
in FCA, and uh, it's been a privilege to serve alongside you and have you first as my pastor and then as my teammate in FCA. Yeah, that was an interesting transition from pastor to uh, to you're my boss. So that worked out really, really well, though. <laughs> well, each week we say that FCA's uh, vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes, to lead coaches and athletes in a growing relationship with Jesus and with his church. And I want to speak to the church for just a moment. You listen every week and you think, hey, how can I get involved? Your church can absolutely double down and get involved in the ministry of FCA. You as an individual, your small group, your Sunday school class, you could you could volunteer to serve a coach and his or her team. And I would love to talk with you about what that would look like, how you can use your small group, how you can use that ministry to leverage it and to serve the Lord through the ministry of FCA. So go online to VolusiaFlaglerFCA.org. That's VolusiaFlaglerFCA.org. Send me, Michael Stovall, an email. It's Michael, our small group would like to know how we could serve coaches and athletes. There are tons of ways uh, that we can we can talk about that by showing up at practice and uh, and just being present to helping provide uh, snacks and uh, training uh, material for for the athletes. Uh, we call that. Uh, we call that the FCA table, uh, where we provide training uh, room type uh, refreshments and snacks to help the, the student athletes, maybe providing uh, pregame meals or just writing notes of encouragement to the coaches and to the administration. So I would love to talk with you further about how you can use your life and how you and your church could get involved and be a part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes right here in the back of your neighborhood. Listen, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. We're grateful for you every week. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to getting together next Sunday for Running the Race, where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith.